0: Hardest hitting, deepest deepest penetrating, uh, um, most accurate broadhead ever designed on Earth. That's when everything started coming together. I said, okay, this thing hits like a ton of bricks. It flies great. These things are absolutely no joke. It will hit dead on. It will rip your knocks and your veins off your arrows as far out as you can hold a bow. That concave scoop design that everybody in the industry is starting to pick up on. That Ramcat concave scoop patent design is where all the magic happens. The ramcat will pop a hole in mass before the broadhead has a chance to penetrate. So I always tell people, this broadhead was not designed to shoot into targets. This broadhead was designed to kill animals. Your field points were meant to be shot into the targets. You practice with your field points. You don't even touch a ramcat until you get ready to go hunting. You screw them on and go.
1: listeners, subscribers, and fellow outdoorsmen and women. This is your host, Lucas Paw, and I'm excited to tell you about some of the sponsors that continue to help make this podcast not only happen, but grow and thrive in this digital world of audio content. This podcast is brought to you by Ripcord aero Rest, the bow hunters number one fallaway rest on the market. Ripcord is known for 100% full-time arrow containment and their patented Welcome to another episode of the RNA Outdoors Podcast. I am your host, Lucas Paw, and I am the one anxiously awaiting this coming weekend uh, as I get to go out again in this 100-plus degree heat and uh, continue my quest. Hopefully, my plan was to try to harvest two black-tailed deer in one month, so I've got two more weekends to get that done, but it's been been brutally hot here in July here on the Central Coast, uh, and I think kind of what it's done, it's made a lot of these deer nocturnal and really hard to pattern. But overall, it's been successful so far. We've gotten out and chased a lot of deer, had a lot of fun. So even if we don't tag another one, we can still say we had a a good blacktail season so far. So anyway, today we are broadcasting to you. Uh, Actually, this is our first phone call podcast attempt. So I've been kind of working on the, uh, the text to make sure all this stuff is going to work out right. So kind of bear with us. If, uh, if we have any technical difficulties, I'll have to uh, blame my audio guy, which I'll have to point the finger back at myself because that'd be me. So, But hopefully we, we should uh, be able to get through this without any hiccups. So before uh, we get into this episode, I would just like to continue to share uh, with you some of the reviews that we're receiving uh, from our subscriber network. Our circle just continues to basically, you know, rapidly expand daily and, and just continue to receive positive feedback uh, from you all as listeners. So we thank you and continue to, you know, to spread our word uh, and ensure that, uh, you know, we're, we're basically selling DIY public land hunting, and that's what RNA Outdoors is about. So just a couple of the uh, reviews that have come in here uh, in the last couple of weeks. We got a five-star rating from Bar Fit Company. Uh, his reply was awesome. I live in California. Great to have positive local content. Thanks, guys. We got another five-star rating from TJ Gearhart, who's a buddy of mine who lives up in uh, southwest Montana. Great info here. This podcast has introduced me to some incredible outdoorsmen and women, and the guests are on the show. The stories and information is great and has led me to Googling many new products and services on the market that I was unaware of. Lucas asks the right questions, adds his own expertise, uh, and makes for an enjoyable educational podcast. Keep it up. so. Thanks, TJ. Thanks for the support. Uh, thanks for uh, dropping a review and, and continuing to support what we're doing. Um, a couple other ones here RNA equals straight talk hunting and fishing, five star rating from Hunt and Fool 56. Join the movement, subscribe now, and listen to the best in the outdoors business. So thanks, Hunt and Fool 56. Ty Houston, partner and buddy of mine up in Montana, great podcast for your average hunter and angler trying to improve their success in the field. So another five star rating. So. Anyway, thanks to uh, you know all of our um, you know listeners that continue to support the podcast. Like I said, get out there, subscribe, either on iTunes or on Podbean, Stitcher. We're on most of those audio platforms, and again, just continue to spread the word and and uh, continue to support what we're trying to do. So today, I would like to introduce to you uh, and let you know that we have uh, on the line Micah Brown, who was actually featured on Podcast Twenty Six so recently. Micah and I sat down uh, and we spoke uh, really to his passion for the outdoors and his affiliation uh, with First Light Hunting Clothing and Apparel. Um, but in this episode, uh, specifically, we're going to kind of shift gears and focus uh, more on uh, a specific broadhead uh, that uh, that Micah shoots and has shot for many years uh, and also kind of get into the weeds around some of the technical specs. Um Flight characteristics, what these things do when they hit animals, and then kind of the aftermath uh, during the impact. So, we're also going to share some stories that we both had and experiences about uh, this product called the Ramcat Broadhead. So, without any further ado, I'd like to welcome Micah Brown back onto the RNA Outdoors podcast. Welcome, Micah. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, obviously, that last uh, go around, you and I uh, got together, got to know each other.
0: And um since then it's uh almost been like next door neighbors text back and forth, uh almost like a, you know, pop your head out the door, hey buddy, what's up? So, um that relationship is growing and uh like I said absolutely blessed to have uh, met you, um uh, been able to come down and you know and hunt with you and then you know, show you some some gear that uh <clears throat> obviously some gear that has kind of been around for a while, um uh on the advertising end. Um didn't have a lot of advertising going but uh definitely an eye-opener for anybody who experiences it and that's uh, obviously something uh we're going to get to uh, talk about today
1: yeah absolutely i i was just kind of reflecting back when you were here and i've been putting a couple videos together and just a, a fun weekend that we had you know not only you know got to meet you you got to meet you know some of my close friends here that are you know avid outdoorsmen as well and we got to take you out and get you a pig and and show you some of the country that we hunt down here in A Zone, which is a little different than the country that you hunt, you know, up in the B Zone uh, units uh, up in Northern California. So it's always nice to give, you know, some folks perspective on when you tell them what you're doing, you know, you can understand and see kind of the hardships and stuff that we go through during our seasons down here and now that you've seen it. So... Yeah, it was great having you down here and uh, look forward to the next time, you know, you can come down or I get up there and try to hook up with you and spend some time up in your neck of the woods. Oh yeah, for sure. It's going to happen. Just, uh, just a matter of planning it out, putting it to paper. Yep, exactly. Well, Micah, um, again, thanks for, uh, thanks for being here. Appreciate you taking some time, you know, out of your busy schedule. Both of us have a lot of stuff going on, but I think it's important that, you know, we can sit down and kind of carve out about an hour of our time just to talk about just some Specific products that, you know, you and I both believe in or things that, you know, you, um, you know, over the years have tested, field tested and and really put to use and really become in some respects, you know, subject matter expert in a lot of these topics. So tonight specifically, we're going to discuss the uh, RamCat Broadhead, uh, which is a specific broadhead that you introduced me to uh, on your trip down here. But, you know, clearly you have a lot of history not only with the company, uh, but also kind of the transition from when Ramcat originally started and kind of fast forward to multiple years, you know, now and where they're at. And maybe what you could kind of do is just kind of take us through, um, some of the history of the company, uh, and maybe how that worked into your involvement with the company. And then, and from what I understand, you kind of promoted them, bringing them out West and, and just kind of how that spawned into what it's turned into today.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously being a kind of a, a newer archery hunter, um, you know, years back, I, uh, you know, reading a lot of magazines like I encourage most people to do and I'm sure you did it. And, uh, you know, all these big, uh, you know, bow and arrow archery magazines or any kind of hunting magazine for that, uh, for that matter. But, uh, I remember seeing a small strip article in the back of uh, a hunting magazine. It's probably, uh, you know, Eastman's or Bow hunting Journal or something like that. And, uh, it was probably no more than, I'd say, an inch and a half wide and maybe probably didn't run the whole length of the page. And it was a weird-looking, you know, mountain lion-looking thing with ram horns come off coming off of it, and it uh, said Ramcat broadheads. So I said, oh, that's kind of interesting. I'll take a look at this. And as I read through it, it says, uh, you know, hardest-hitting, deepest-penetrating, deepest uh, um, most accurate broadhead ever designed on Earth. Um, so, I, you know, obviously, like anything, you know, once you you're – a gear nut and in our last episode, we were talking about, you know, my past history with, uh, you know, kind of the mountaineering side of things before I got into hunting, um, and being a gear nut in that world, well that kind of transitioned into the archery thing and hunting in general. And, uh, but with this Ramcat broadhead thing, I, uh, you know, I started looking at, um, look online, kind of get some ideas, but, uh, more importantly, I, um, I said, you know what, I'm going to reach out, shoot an email to, uh, to this company and kind of see what they'd say and say, Hey, look, you know, I'd love to try it. And maybe the guy will send me ahead. Maybe he won't. And, uh, sure enough, I sent an email and I bet you it probably wasn't more than a day, maybe a day and a half, um, that it passed. And, uh, then the full former owner who I'm still very close with, uh, Brett Fulton, uh, shot me a call and said, Hey, look, I'd love, I'd love to talk to you about this. And, um, this is, uh, you know, I'm Brett Fulton, I'm the owner of Ramcat, it's just my wife and I who run the, uh, run Ramcat, and uh, already right there, just from the conversation, I was like, this is kind of cool, you know, small, real tight-knit, um, if this works out, this might be, you know, something that I can really enjoy and maybe tie myself to, and so I let them know what I, you know, what I did, and going to all the 3D shoots, um, for those that know me, I'm, uh, you know, I go to all the 3D local archery, Northern Top 20 3D series events, and, Um, at those venues, you know, I, I talked to people about gear, push gear, um, for different, you know, sponsors and whatnot, but, uh, the rant what really kicked it off for me. And, um, like I said, we got to talking, he, uh, Brett, um, said, Hey, I'm going to get you a pack out. Let me know what you think, have your friends shoot it, let, let, you know, get their feedback and then get back to me. So, uh, I ended up uh, probably about a week and a half after that conversation, I had got that pack literally two days after our conversation. Conversation. Then after about a week, um, I had a buddy of mine over, who at the time was a Mossy Oak Pro Staff guy and Shuttle T guy. And we were not here to knock on other broadheads, but just a guy who was, you know, kind of doing the same thing I'm doing, you know, shooting, very interested in archery and whatnot. And so we ended up shooting this uh, Ramcat, which when you look at the logo, the old logo, you kind of think, huh, oh, what's that? And never heard of it. He'd never heard of it. He'd asked around, sent some texts out, no one had ever heard of it. When we started shooting in my backyard, and um, same bow, same arrow, same shooter, and just the difference in raw penetration between that head and we shot like three others. One was a mechanical one, like two were fixed blade. And um, just the difference between them, um, those and this Ramcat was night and day. And, uh, from that, it kind of snowballed. I called him back and said, here, here's my feedback. I'm, I'm going to take this thing out, you know, in the next couple of days to a week, and I'm going to shoot it out at the distance, have some friends shoot it. And I'll, then I'll give you real feedback on, you know, kind of what I think as far as the overall, you know, the overall picture of this broadhead. So ended up doing that. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't believe how well these things, these things, uh, flew. I had multiple people, um, who didn't change a thing, put, put it on their arrow we were shooting, you know, close 40 yards, 60 yards. I had a couple of guys shoot their broadhead and, um, they were saying, Hey, look, I had to, you know, I have to move my, I have to move my sight over to the left or to the right to have these broadheads that, that they were shooting impact in the same spot as their field points. Um, but they didn't have to do that with this Ramcat. So we shot it out the distance and I really, um, that's when like everything started to come together. I said, okay, this thing it's like a ton of bricks. It flies great. Uh, let me get back to the owner and I'm going to give him my feedback. So I ended up calling Brett back and I said, Hey, look, uh, these things are absolutely no joke. Um, do you have anybody out here that is talking about them or even pushing them? Cause Brett was from, you know, he's from Pennsylvania. So, um, nothing out here, um, no shots at the time and carried them or anything like that. So, uh, I ended up taking to, taking them to a couple 3d shoots, and guys couldn't even shoot the 3D targets with them. Uh, they'd shoot their broadhead leads and the Ramcats were completely blowing through their, um, blowing through their targets. If the target was chewed up at all, uh, it would blow completely through it. So, um, that walking around and showing people was kind of short lived as far as shooting it for 3D competitions, uh, just because the amount of, um, sheer penetration these things get, uh, So then the next big event was uh, Redding, California, which is a huge uh, national 3D archery tournament that is held in Redding, California every single year. Um, Approximately 1,600 shooters a year and growing. So if any of you listeners out there are uh, interested in going to the best 3D shoot uh, with the top names for the top prizes, um, good time to come and hang out and shoot. But um, yeah, I did did a little event there. I had probably 50 people in the back of this campground um, I set up a little display, plywood strapped to a table and said, Hey, if you guys have broadheads, come shoot them. I brought a bunch, um, you name it. Uh, like I said, this isn't a broadhead dashing podcast, but uh, multiple top end fixed blades, uh, mechanicals. Uh, we pretty much shot everything. And uh, by the time we were done painting, those 50 people were absolutely blown away at what this ramchat was doing, just in, just in pure penetration. So, and that that kind of evolved, I worked uh the ATA show with Ramcat. I worked uh, uh multiple uh NABA, which is a National Archer Buyers Association show in Reno. I've worked that, that booth for Ramcat. So I've just been really uh really blessed and um really tied into this small company that um you know that I, I felt like I had. Uh, you know, I had a grasp on helping them grow. I was part of a bigger team, and then eventually, I started getting them into shops all over uh, the West. So, if you run into a Ramcat Broadhead pack on one of your shelves anywhere out in the West, um, I would likely say that, uh, at some point, I had uh, a little bit of influence with that. So, that's kind of how all that started.
1: That's so cool to to think that, you know, when you start with a company from kind of the grassroots and then you help in promotion with them. And, that, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about is, you know, probably one of the downfalls that they had is in terms of a marketing standpoint, when you look at all the broadheads on the market, I mean, they do a really good job of marketing. But when you had brought up the name, um, you know, Ramcat, I, I had heard about it before, but I had really no really had no influence or really had no previous experience with the broadhead until I started, you know, doing some research. We watched the video. And of course, then I was, you know, really trying to understand how this thing works. But um, it's pretty neat to think that, you know, you were a part of something that could bring, you know, a, a product like that to the West Coast and showcase it and, you know, start basically changing the game, if you will, in the broadhead space here in, here in California, here on the Western part of the U S where they're predominantly been known, you know, on the East coast. So when talking about, um, some of the, some of the things just to kind of distill out what you were speaking about. So you were talking about how, you know, these broadheads, you know, they blow through targets. They, they do things that no other broadhead's done before. Maybe that'll kind of be our segue into some of the, uh, kind of the, the technical specifications and design of these actual broadheads. But, I guess maybe you could just give a little bit of a kind of a background on kind of the premise for the broadhead maybe from design from the ferrule down to the blades kind of how it works and and, and really what it does uh, based on the actual um you know components of the actual broadhead itself yeah
0: for sure so um and you know it's like i said uh i don't want to keep repeating repeating myself or you know reinventing the wheel but no not on other broadheads in the market but uh Going back, you know, back to when I met Brett before Ramcat was, uh, you know, what it is now. It initially was called the Smoke Broadhead, and it had the same type design ferrule, which is this concave scoop uh, ferrule that is uh, patented by Ramcat that, um, like I said, a lot of companies are starting to look at now, and uh, they're really starting to realize what what this patented front end the business end, like I like to call the Ramcat, the very front end of what this head does. Um, the smoke was a mechanical, so it, uh, it kind of worked on percussion as the head went backwards, the blades flipped out and locked out, and they were kind of similar to what the original Ramcat looks like. Now, when I say original, I mean just the, the bread and butter 100, uh, 100, grain, um, Ramcat. And, um, the way, kind of the way, it was described to me was, Hey, look, this is what this head does. This is why it, this is why it does what it does. So um, with that being said, obviously we can get into some of the, uh, you know, some of the aspects of what this head is, you know, it's a 400 T treated stainless steel head uh, blade over shaft design. Um, But when you pick up a pack of them and look just, just the looks of them, they look absolutely nasty. But um, what sets this head apart mainly from Every other broadhead in the market is that teardrop chisel tip. Um, that, like I said, you'll see a lot of fixed blades and even mechanicals are starting to teardrop that tip, and that's where the magic in this broadhead. That's where the magic happens.
1: Yeah, and maybe on that that scoop design you were talking about, and in that chisel tip, like so one of the things that you know when you get into some of the specifications of the broadhead, it talks about how it kind of the hydrofoil blends and the hydro shock occurs which is kind of when, um, you know, essentially that that broadhead makes contact or makes impact, what it actually does versus, you know, what some of the competition does. Maybe you can just kind of talk a little bit about how, um, you know, the broadhead spins, kind of the penetration qualities, and then um, a little bit around that hydroshock terminology.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, So this broadhead, um, what it does, like if you want to pick up a package, Um, you, you know, you take a look, take a look at the back of the broadhead and then you actually get to hold one in your hand. One, the the blades are insanely sharp. The blades on the Ramcat are uh, scalpel sharp. And, um, when you look at it, there's two O-rings on the ferrule. And when people first look at them, they wonder if that for some odd reason is supposed to hold the blades down. Well, it's not what those O-rings are for. Um, it's called FAC uh, technology, uh, Fireknock Arrow Concentric Technology. And what it does is as you're screwing that Ramcat into the ferrule which is in your arrow, technically you want to cut that arrow as straight as possible so that inserts it. Once you start threading that broadhead and it hooks up over the first O-ring, that starts aligning the broadhead where most others aren't even beginning to align themselves yet. So not only as you feed the Ramcat down into the barrel for the first part, it's already straighter than most broadheads are as they get heated into the insert. By the time that broadhead is fully inserted and over the O-ring and tight in your your insert, not only is the Ramcat broadhead sitting in the insert where it won't back itself out ever, it's sitting in the insert straighter than any insert can be cut and glued onto an arrow shaft, that's how straight these RamCats will sit inside your insert, and that's how straight the RamCat uh, basically can align true dead center with your arrow, especially if your arrow's cut center. So that's, that's just the centering aspect of that arrow. Um, so, you know, one of the great things about this is because it aligns so straight with that back technology I was just mentioning, it's been spun test faster than any broadhead fixer mechanical. So most mechanicals you get you get up past 350, up into the up into the 400s. Most mechanicals will warp. Most fixed fixed blades once you get past 400 and keep rotating that broadhead on on a machine and get it way cranking up in the 400s, no warp. This Ramcat I believe has been spun tested over 550 feet per second and it will not wobble out of alignment. That's how true it is.
1: Uh, to me what's interesting about these broadheads is the field point accuracy so you basically you know take your standard arrow with your 100 grain field tip and then you shoot a side-by-side comparison with these ramcat broadheads which i did about a month or so ago and i was stacking arrows and i've i've yet to find a broadhead where you can find that field point accuracy Uh, and the other thing that's interesting about them is is they're very quiet in flight so you know, some of these newer bows now that are, you know, just basically um, you can't even hear them when the when the arrow is released. And then you add a broadhead that it also adds basically, a you know, a deadly flight characteristic to the actual arrow. Um, it starts to eliminate that potential for, you know, animals jumping the string. So um, I, I, it just blew me away at how how consistent they fly next to your field points.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, people. I actually had one guy I was talking to today, a novice, uh, novice hunter. It's funny, you know, you brought that up, and now it's one of the things I want to talk about. But uh, he was asking me about, you know, what kind of broadheads, and uh, someone else was laughing because they knew exactly what my answer was going to be. So uh, I told him, I said, "Hey, look, you know, this is what I've been shooting, you know, since two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, and um, I would never even remotely post this." think about shooting anything else but a Ramcat and just some of the pure devastation flight characteristics, everything that we're going to continue to talk about here on this podcast. But, um, you know, when I told him some of the stuff, you know, some of the aspects behind it, he, um, you know, he really, you know, he really got to, uh, got to appreciate from, uh, you know, from a beginning archers perspective, kind of what, I, what I was talking about. And that's really interesting for someone who doesn't know how broadheads really work to, grasp some of the concepts that we're going to talk about. Um, I thought that was awesome and being able to relate that, relate that to him. So, um, you know, it's just, it, yeah, the, uh, the first test we did, I had my buddy, the same guy, um, get behind a tree and we were shooting I and mean, They started shooting out the distance and he could not, he literally could not tell when I was shooting a uh, fixed blade, this fixed blade broadhead, or when I was shooting my field point, they're that, they're that similar in sound. And that's going to go to kind of, you know, go into what we're going to talk about with uh, you know some of the, some of the more or some of the capabilities of what this head is and what this head does in flight. So um, that's what I'd like to talk about next. Is if this thing aligns so straight, spins so so straight, now it's going to fly dead true to where you pick your bow up. Um, you know, I just want to talk to you. I picked my home. I said uh, I don't practice. I do not practice with my Ramcats because I know they're all matched. I shoot my bow as long as your bow is not completely out of tune and crazy towards throwing arrows all over the place, it will hit dead on. It will rip your knocks in your vein, off your arrows as far out as you can hold the bow. Um, and that's been proven by some of the uh, top shooters in the world. Uh, Matt Schmitz, uh, woods archery. He wins, uh, he's wins, uh, the Reading tournament every year shooting pins. Um, he said, uh, hands down, absolute best broadhead fixture mechanical he's ever seen in penetration for raw flight. Um, so hats off to, uh, you know, to ram tap for coming up with that and having a guy uh, of his caliber stand behind, uh, stand behind a broadhead like that, especially a guy who can tell you exactly what's wrong, who can hold the bow that steady and shoot. He'll tell you what's wrong with the broadhead in flight after he gets done shooting it without even looking at the target. So, um, you know, they, they spin so true. There's no, uh, there's no sound. And then what I'd like to talk about is that, that concave scoop, that hydro, that hydro coil. So, what happens, and this is the easiest way, kind of in laypersons, to, um, to talk, talk about this because a lot of guys and gals, they don't grasp this. And I've worked shows and stuff, like I said, where I'm trying to explain to people why this broadhead does what it does and why it will out penetrate any other broadhead in the market in mass. Is uh, say you have a, a truck, everyone has a, you know, everyone's had a truck with uh, leaves in the back. So, as you're driving down the road, They'll, you know, you, stay, you, you get going, the leaves kind of, you know, as long as you have your tailgate up, the leaves kind of just go off the back of the tailgate. As soon as you pick up the leaves, the leaves sit there on the back of the truck and they rotate. and They rotate, they rotate. Well, it's because there's a low pressure system sitting inside that bed that keeps basically fresh incoming air from cleaning out those leaves. Well, the Ramcat does the same thing in flight. As it's spinning, it's consistently pocketing and picking up air. And that air is drafted over the, over the blades in flight, so the broadhead by design absolutely cannot wind plane. If it's gonna wind plane, it's because your arrows or your vanes or something else is affecting it. But the broadhead itself, by design, cannot wind plane. It's actually been shot by uh, by Fireknock uh, company um, with their aerovane Three at uh, 35 yards, 35 mile an hour crosswinds uh, out of a your high end cross. So it was uh, basically zero deflection. It was hitting pinpoint accurate. With 35 mile an hour crosswinds, so that goes to say, show and say a lot about, especially about a fixed blade broadhead, especially about the largest fixed blade cutting diameter broadhead in the world.
1: Yeah, and one of the things I know that you and I have talked about is is the amount of mass that that these broadheads move. So, you know, you and I did some testing on them, shooting through plywood, and then, you know, we've we've seen firsthand and witnessed, you know, what these broadheads do you know, when they make impact on, you know, animals or, I mean, in in some cases, very large game animals that we witnessed on that that video that you brought down. But maybe explain a little bit what happens when these broadheads make contact, um, you know, with an animal and kind of the, I guess the, you could argue the science behind what this thing does uh, in in association with kind of your analogy around how it continues to kind of provide that vortex of air.
0: Yeah, so... um... Like I said, with that that uh, concave scoop technology, basically what it's doing is it's drafting wind, um, you know, wind over the blades and eliminates wind planing. So that's how you get your fill point accuracy. But more importantly, what this broadhead does and what the other ones on the market—when I say other, I mean all others—until um, until design features were looked at off the Ramcat, what this head does is it creates a hydrofoil, and that's that wind pocketing, like I was talking about. But as it Basically, as it passes through the target. That wind has to go someplace. So, when that, that pinpoint on the front of that broadhead punctures skin, punctures mass, that air that's trapped in the front of that head actually pops the hole open before the broadhead even has a chance to fully penetrate that hole. And you, you got to experience that and hear that. And I heard it, you know, after you sent me that video from my pig hunt at 50 yards, you can hear that that popping and that's that wind getting dispersed or air getting dispersed off the front of that head. So not only in flight is it drafting wind over the blade, it's also pocketing uh, portions of that wind. And because arrows are shot so fast and there's so much front end kinetics, it doesn't matter if you're shooting a low end, uh, you know, uh, uh, or low end as far as speed or anything like that, because there's wind trapped on that head. It has to go someplace. It doesn't go back along the shaft the ramcat will pop a hole in mass before the broadhead has had a chance to penetrate. So if that's doing if, if that's exactly what it's doing, so you have a hydrofoil of air, um, a perfect, amp, uh, you know, example, I would tell people is the reason why this moves so much, it had penetrated. So it didn't move so much mass is because air and water don't like each other and all animals, their cells, everything, blood, Plasma. Everything is made up almost entirely of water. You know, a, a very large percentage. So, if air is getting blown into your into a into a, a mass of water, it's going to get pushed out of the way. And so, what that hydrofoil on that ramcat turns into is called hydroshock. It actually hydro water. It's moving water, shocking water out of the way. So, when that broadhead hits, it pops a hole in in the mass, and then now. As it starts vortexing and going down that hole, the back of the arrow is the back of the arrow is pulled forward with that vortex, the void that's created in that mass. And the broadhead, if you look at it by design, I always tell people, you know, when I was doing shows and stuff too, I said, look at the head and tell me what garden tool looks like. It doesn't look just like a, you know, a hammer and a chisel like most chisel point three, you know, uh three pointed chisel tip broadheads. It looks like a garden shovel. So if there is now nothing that's slowing that broadhead down except for the, the broadhead itself. Those concave scoops are now scooping meat out of the way. So now the, the broadhead, the blades don't have to work that hard. So basically what you get is the deepest penetrating, hardest hitting broadhead going into a, going into math. Now, when you shoot raw stuff like, you know, 55 gallon drums and, and plywood and, you know, I've shot cinder blocks with this thing. Um, that's mass, and it does great through those things, but no other godhead does what a ramcat does going through body mass, and that's what separates this thing. So going back to the ramcat hitting a mass object with, you know, plasma blood water, um, it, it, it's getting forced out of the way so fast that the blades don't have to work that hard cutting that hole. And more importantly, if there's a hole completely through your animal, you don't have any friction on your arrow shaft. Well, Every other broadhead, I don't, it doesn't matter what the make manufacturer is, every other broadhead in the market, they, the broadhead hits, it, it opens up, the blades deploy mechanical, or the blades just start cutting on impact. Well, those broadheads are not moving mass. Ramcat's been moving mass since its inception of it like 2008, 2007 with, uh, with Brett's smoke design. It actually, moves mass so well that the arrow doesn't have a chance to build friction on it because if the broadhead's going down a hollow hole, the wound doesn't have a chance to slap back on your arrow shaft. So thinking about most people that, you know, most most general generalized archers, you know, say they're shooting a 28-inch arrow. That's probably standard for, you know, I'm kind of a short guy. and I shoot 28-and-a-half-inch arrow, I think, and, you know, 30 is kind of on the long end. So right in there, the 28-30. So if you think about you know, raw drag going through substrate, especially animals, um, you have 28 inches of arrow. Plus, even on your nanos, you're looking at what, probably a half inch, a half inch around the outside of it in circumference. So you add all that up, you got 45, say, 45 inches of, of raw drag, or even on your thicker arrows, it's even worse. So if every other arrow in the market is being slowed down by the wound channel collapsing, on the arrow shaft and the Ramcat doesn't allow the wound channel to collapse because it, the arrow is going down a hollow hole that's created by this, by this, uh, like I said, this magical tip that's on the uh, Ram cat that's patented by Ramcat. Um, that's how you get the deepest penetrating broad hit on Earth. And, um, I've tested it. I've shot it since, like I said, 2011, 2010. And in mass, there's nothing that allow penetration Ramcat.
1: cat. Yeah. And I think, you know, the kind of the testament to me was, is on the the, <clears throat> the two animals that I've witnessed, you know, these ram cats, um, you know, on it, what I found was, is that the arrow shaft had zero blood on it. So you've got this broadhead tip that basically blows this hole through, you know, in both cases, the front shoulder and the chest of these two animals, um, yet the actual broadhead makes full pass on both. And basically all you have is, um, you know, a little bit of blood on the fletching and a little bit of blood on the broadhead, but you've got basically zero drag on the shaft, which kind of helps explain your point when you've got something like that, you know, basically burrowing a hole through um, meat and bone. And even you talked about the hydroshock, so you've got fluids involved, too. Um, it goes so fast it doesn't even allow for you know, any drag to actually uh, get on the arrow shaft, which I think is critical because, to your point, most, most of your expandable type blade broadheads will expand, and the minute they expand, they've constantly got drag on them, which slows down the arrow, and unless you're shooting 300-plus you know, feet per second in a heavy arrow, you're probably not going to have full pass-through, but that's not the case with these broadheads. They basically spin a complete hole through these animals, uh, and, uh, and Alex like said the testament is like on that video, you can see it multiple times, you know, you're making full pass through on large African game, um, black bears, I mean, game that are, are, you know, have heavy rib cages, lots of meat, lots of fat around them. And these broadheads just basically blow right through them.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, I was talking to you and some of the footage that, that basically didn't, wasn't on the new footage. Um, you know, a good friend of mine, Paul Shapiro, um, he's a, he's a PA guy. Um, Just an absolute great guy. He did a uh, he did a uh, test too with him. Um, I think he was in the, kind of the same boat when I saw him. I'm like, hey, who is this guy? And what's he talking about? As far as hardest hitting deep kind of he brought in, there's no way. But anyways, he got a hold of him. He started shooting so much. A uh, guy was going to um, uh, you know slaughter an animal, and so he said, you know what, I want to test this thing out. And he actually shot uh, shot one of these broadheads through. I think it was a 13 or 1400 pound deep um, and it uh, blew completely through him, busted ribs. They found this broadhead on the, uh, on the outside of this sensed enclosure. I think it was, and Brett can correct me if I'm wrong. a lot to uh, hit him up after this, but I think they found that broadhead like 25 yards past the, um, past the, uh, past that animal went through like six feet of meat and bones and, um, yeah, it didn't even, uh, basically didn't even slow down until, you know, it ended up hitting something on the other side. So. Um, but yeah, going back to, you know, your experience and with what you, sh- what you saw, um, I purposely brought, um, the arrows that I brought down there and I, you know, I had talked to you guys when we were down there doing demo and said, Hey, look, I'm shooting an ultra lightweight arrow, basically this being the dark, because I want to show you guys, if we get, if we're fortunate enough to get on a hog, I want to show you guys, what the equivalent would be for a woman archer, or a young, and you say a young, young adult archer shooting maybe say 55 pounds or somewhere in there with a normal honey, you know, honey weight grain arrow, say in the eights or eight two, eight four, somewhere there. Uh, I was shooting you know 6.4s, uh, victory six point four rip xvs out of a you know out of a, um, a heavy poundage bow, but I only shoot a 28 inch, inch arrow, and I don't particularly shoot the fastest bow in the world. But um, you got to see and experience what this broadhead did to what would be you and I mean Brad said that pig was probably what about two twenty five on the hook maybe
1: yeah it was probably two hundred pound yeah
0: bore it was a good yeah, size somewhere, pig somewhere yeah somewhere there but yeah but just yeah I mean it hit it so hard and you could hear it just pop that plate and, yeah. and I mean it went, it went it went out both of those both of those like they weren't even there so now you know going on and talking about you know talking about your your blacktail hunt, which obviously I've experienced, and that's one of the things I was telling you—you you got to experience what I, was, you know, what you and I had talked about on some of my blacktail hunts with what this uh, what this broadhead is capable of at long distances.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, my experience. Um, you know, I shoot. I shoot. I I was doing some some weighing of my setup because I was kind of curious with the shooting the hundred the hundred grain head at about ten point two grains on my arrows. I'm shooting the 400 spine full metal jackets. I'm with the tip on there. I'm at about 460 to 465. So, um, it's not super heavy, but, um, they're, you know, those full metal jackets have that, um, that aluminum outer sheath on them. So they do, you know, have a little bit heavier impact on the actual, um, arrow itself, which is over the top of the actual, um, carbon arrow. So, um, you know, my shot on my black tail this year it was it was seventy seven yards and um it was it was a frontal shot on this blacktail. He was actually um, kinda down in a riverbed area and I was above him, so I was kinda shooting down at him and um you know, it was interesting because um, I didn't even hesitate when I was thinking about, um, you know, at that shot distance, um, because I had not shot, um, you know, that broadhead on that arrow at that distance. I was practicing with that broadhead uh, around 50 yards uh, at the local range that I shoot at just to kind of get a feel for, you know, how they shoot versus the uh, field tips. And again, they were, I was just stacking arrows with with both the field tips and the, the broadhead tips. But I still felt confident. I And uh, so, you know, when I knocked the arrow um, range, he was at 77 yards. So I kind of gave myself a little bit of play. I set my adjustable at 80 yards and, um, you know, I let the arrow go and I could literally see the knock travel through the air. And all I could see was the knock the whole time, basically leave my arrow as I followed through. And then I could just hear it hit the ground. But I kind of heard this, um, you know, just like a, um, almost like a, the sound of like an airplane when it initially takes off. It kind of has that, that jet engine sound. I, I heard that like pop initially. And, uh, but I just saw my knock immediately and my arrow drive into the ground. So I'm thinking, you know, shoot, I was probably low. Um, I had my buddy there. He was under the binoculars. He says, yeah, it looks like you were a little bit in front of him. So um, pushed out a few more deer. And I'm counting there was four bucks down in the bottom of this draw. And um, only three ran out. So I was thinking, well, that's odd. So, of course, I walk down there, and I I go and I pick up my arrow, and as I'm picking up my knock, um, you know, I'm seeing that the fletching is just covered in blood, and I'm thinking, you know, that there's no way, I mean, these blacktail this time of year, I mean, they're, um, you know, they don't have a lot of body mass on them, Um, you know, they're going through a hot summer, so, um, you know, the the complexity of these animals, it's not like shooting through, uh, you know. Uh, a large elk or a large big game animal. I mean, these things are pretty brittle, but I went in frontal shot through that animal on the, on the front right quarter, blew out the back left side. He went about 30 yards and piled up. And when I picked up my arrow, like I said, there was no blood on the shaft, but the, the front of the tip of the arrow and the fletching was just covered in blood. And uh, I mean, to me, that made me a believer when I, when I looked at the arrow tip, there was very minimal damage to the ferrule. Um, one of the blades um, had a slight bend in it. And I think that was because when the arrow hit the ground, it actually drove into a kind of a rock bed. So uh, it probably was continued to uh, continuing to vortex into the ground too. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I look at the arrow now. I mean, I I would have no problem changing out that blade and, and putting that arrow into a pig or some other you know type of small game animal here. That uh, just looking at the quality and the condition of the broadhead and the arrow. I mean, the arrow is still straight as an arrow. And, um, you know, the broadhead minus the one little blade that can be replaced um, looks like it basically has been, um, you know, hadn't even been used yet. So that to me, um, alongside watching you, you know, shoot that pig was enough for me to, to, you know, for me to trust this broadhead uh, and uh, make a believer out of me. Because, you know, you can see someone, you, you know, someone can tell you about it. Um, you can watch all the videos on YouTube about them and and see these, um, you know, just crazy shots and and the amount of blood that pours out of some of these animals. But I think until you actually harvest an animal and realize, I mean, this animal, you know, dropped in 20 yards, you become a believer real quick after something like that happens. So yeah, that was my experience. And uh, I, I, you know, like I said, I, I, I'm a believer now. That's what I've got on my arrows. That's what's in my quiver. And that's what I plan to take, you know, with me this fall when I go up and do some archery hunting in Montana for uh, pronghorn and elk. So I'm I'm looking forward to that for sure.
0: Yeah, that, I think the greatest part obviously was, you know, your harvest. But um, for me, uh, you know, and I had mentioned it to you when, um, you know, when I was up there, that it wouldn't even matter to me even if I if I shot a pig because, you know, I shot animals with this, with this head and I've witnessed it. I really wanted to see uh, you and Brad. Um, you know, get into something and, uh, and, and whack one for yourself. So I see the expression on your face when you look at that arrow and you realize that this broad head is, is doing exactly, you know, exactly what it was designed to do. Um, you know, and you hit the nail on the head when you said there was no air, no blood on your arrow shaft. Well, you don't need blood all over your arrow to tell you what kind of a shot it was. You can look at the blood that obviously, obviously is on the arrow but um, you know, more importantly, what the Ramcat does, uh, it gives you blood, instant tracking blood on the impact side of the animal. Most broadheads will not give you blood until either the backside or the animal takes off and the wound just starts leaking a little bit. And that's that's one of the major problems. And you know, some of the, the horror, the, the you know, the horror stories you hear of people losing animals or finding them the next day, and they really didn't run that far with another broadhead or something like that they just had such a hard time tracking and, and, and picking up, especially whether there's you know, high traffic areas or there's multiple animals. Um, you got to watch that video and any of the listeners here can, you know, can pull up any YouTube videos they want. And, uh, the shots themselves almost look fake. The stuff that you see come out, come out of these animals looks fake. Um, and, you know, it's until you actually experience it and get to see this thing firsthand, um, it literally is absolutely amazing. And it's one of those things you think to yourself, and every archer's been there, like, man, if I would have had these, you know, two years ago, or maybe if I would have had this broadhead five years ago, that one hunt that I went on, um, I think there would have been a different outcome or, you know. And, you know, go, going along with kind of like what you're saying with your shot, um, you know, I don't want to brag about the, the distances that we've taken animals at. Um, but it, it's been, you know, it's been, uh, and like I said, I don't want to brag or anything like that. And some people would say, oh, I'd never shoot animals that far. But when you have a broadhead that does what this broadhead does, and you're confident in your shooting capabilities, and you're confident in your shot, and you can hold steady at long distances, um, This broadhead, as long as it's spinning, does the penetration. It does not go down. As long as this broadhead is moving at extreme distances, I'm talking 100 yards. This broadhead will do just as much damage at that distance as it does at 40 or 50 yards.
1: Yeah, and I think you know part of the kind of the backyard demo we did um, that afternoon, where we were basically shooting the same broadhead through, you know, three quarters inches of plywood. Basically, we had a couple quarter and a half inch pieces of plywood that we were shooting through, and We were all basically sharing the same broadhead on our arrow setups uh, based on our different poundages we pull and different weights of our our setups. And um, I think by the end of the demo, we had one original hunter grain that had one of the replacement blades or one of the blades was broken. And then on the 125 grain diamondback, that thing basically looked like, I mean, it hadn't even been shot. And I think we shot that one twice through plywood and the original had to have gone probably six or seven times through That plywood. So that was just kind of another testament to the quality of these, you know, as we shot side by side, a few other, the competitors and, um, you know, not to name any names, but a few of those were wiped out after the first shot, you know, versus, you know, this Ramcat, which we still have the 125 grain that Brad's got to run through an animal. So we're going to, we're going to set the story straight after pound and plywood with it. We're going to go out and try to harvest an animal with it too. So I. Uh, I'm going to release a video regarding that, uh, as we release this podcast just to kind of, again, um, you know, just kind of solidify, um, you know, this, this demo that we did, but also prove, um, the quality of these broadheads, um, that they put out. So,
0: yeah. And, and just for, uh, you know, just, just for clarification, uh, the, the, we shot the original 100 and then the, uh, back in, in 100. So, uh, um. Yeah, Brad has the original. I'll be taking the the big one twenty five um, elk hunting this year just to give uh, Arcus, who now is the big conglomerate that owns Ramcat, I'll be giving them some feedback. Hopefully, if all things pan out, but um, yeah, going, kind of going back onto the dur- you know on the toughness and durability side of these. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, a, a friend of mine who um, was the first believer that I set up with uh, with these Ramcats. His name's uh, Alvin Worthy and he lives about 45 minutes from me. Um, he actually took him to a local 3D archery event, um, or sorry, 3D archery uh, league. And he shot, uh, I think it was seven weeks, 15, 14 or 15 targets every single night. With the original, uh, bread and butter, uh, you know, blade over, over shaft Ramcat, um, hunter grain, uh, on a, uh, on a, you know, low, uh, 70 pound bow with, uh, you know, uh, really low end speed, um, and blew through the targets at the Broadhead League every single time to where the blades, by the time he finished the league, uh, I think he had two blades left on this, uh, on this Ramcat. Um, he won the league he, I asked him, I said, Hey, look, how does the broadhead look? And he said, I would, he said, I'll tell you what, I would take this thing hunting. And I said, dude, do me a favor. Why don't you give me some feedback? Take that same broadhead and go hunting. Most people, you know, I, I would probably listen to the show or that guy's crazy. I, I would never do that. But, um, he had been there for some of the demos and he'd seen stuff and seen me talk about it. And he's helped me with some demos at some shops, uh, shooting through stuff. So he knows what this broadhead can do. Um, even not in its perfect state. And, uh so he finished the league. He went out, uh, arch, arch, that was in the summer, uh, going rolling into uh, rolling into fall um, you know, or late summer for us here. Uh, he went out and shot a three-by-three three buck. I think it had uh, 45 yards, blew right through it. Um, he ended up uh, doubling up, which doesn't happen that often in uh, in California, especially with these uh, wiry blacktails. He shot another buck. I think it was a three-by-two or maybe a fork and horn. Um, at similar distances with the same head, it blew right through. And uh, he gave me feedback and he said, "You know what? I got tur- I got a pheasant season coming up. I'm going to go and see how see how these things do." And I believe it was either two or three pheasants completely uh, um, in one side, out the, out the other side, buried in the dirt. And uh, he called me back and he said, "You know what? He said there's I, I can't keep shooting this thing because there's nothing that tops it." So that's kind of a testament to what you know what that broadhead can do and more importantly if it's starting to lose blade and still do that that's a testament to what we're you know what i initially hinted on in the beginning was that concave scoop design that everybody in the industry is starting to uh starting to pick up on that ramcat concave scoop patent design is where all the magic happened
1: yeah no, it's it is it's incredible just i mean looking not only at the demo and, and shooting these these broadheads, but, um, you know, the proof is in the pudding. And I and I think, like I said, you, you have to shoot them, you have to put them on your arrow, you have to go out and and and, and harvest an animal with these things just to kind of see, you know, what exactly these things do. And it, it, it is incredible. I think it'll change, it changes your perception on, um, you know, potentially the broadhead that you currently shoot versus this actual broadhead in itself. So, um One of the things we should just touch on real quick uh, is the different types of broadheads, um, not only the styles... Uh, but also um, the grain um, actual weights of the broadheads. So maybe just give a brief overview of the the different types of broadheads that Ramcat manufactures, then also the weights of those broadheads as well.
0: Yeah. So uh, the when I did kind of hinted on the bread and butter, I'm when I'm saying that I'm talking about the Ramcat original uh, 100 grain, and that is a uh, is your standard 100 grain. Um, it's Cuts, it, it cuts to an inch and three-eighths, which is the largest cutting six-blade diameter uh, broadhead on the market. Um, it, it, says it weighs, uh, you know, 100 grains. The other 100-grain uh, Ramcat head is called the SDG. It stands for uh, single-devil grain. It's a, uh, they all use the same ferrule in the 100-grain, and just really can replace the blades depending on, um, say, you want a larger cut or, say, you, you know, you want to hunt the super-tiny um super tiny, uh, you know, qu- uh, quiver or whatever, but the single bevel brine cuts at an inch. And then, um, the, uh, the other 100 grain, the, the new kid on the block is the, uh, the one we were talking about and having all of the shooting. And Brad currently has that on his, uh, next harvest arrow. Hopefully is the, uh, is the 100, um, 100 fixed blade. So that one was kind of passed around information back and forth. I uh, helped Brett come up with some, Kind of design ideas on that. Um, that is a uh, true fixed. The blades do not move. It's a true fixed broadhead. So, uh, you know, I was telling them, hey, look, uh, we need something legal for, at the time it was Idaho, Oregon, and Washington. And then Washington said, okay, on mechanicals. And they considered this mechanical only for the fact that the blades move um, on these broadheads. And what, that, what I'm referring to is the Ramcats are sharp on the blades, both front and back. If for some odd reason, you don't get a complete pass through the blade will rotate and cut on the way back out. And that's on the uh, original, the single double grind and the, uh, the diamond back, the blades do not move, but they're sharp front to back. So for some odd reason, you get a stick and it doesn't bear, doesn't completely pass through, which we haven't experienced really. Um, yeah, you know, the broadhead will cut on the way back. So those are the, those are the hundred grains. Now the 125 grains, are um, those, those bats, the big boys that I'm talking about, elephant grade. You could literally smoke through a rhinoceros, an elephant. That That's the caliber of that broadhead. Um, and I'm not, I'm not joking by any means or stretching that at all. That broadhead in the 125 grain cuts at an inch and a half, and that's a fixed blade. So anything in the 125, that's the largest fixed blade uh, on the market. There's also with that, the 125 Diamondback, that is a true fix. Blade, no moving blade that cuts at an inch and a half. That's the one that I'll be taking up to uh, Idaho for help season. And then recently, uh, just within this last past year, for those of you that are listening and are um, set set in your ways and if you want mechanicals, and that's the only thing you're going to shoot, you need to check out the uh, Ramcat Savage that cuts at uh, cuts at an inch and a half. A true mechanical. Um, But with that, the reason why I would I'm I'm a true I'm a fixed blade guy, and I've always been. But if I had to shoot a mechanical, I would shoot that Ramcat mechanical because that Savage has that teardrop tip, that uh, concave scoop, you know, Ramcat patented tip, and that's what that's where you're going to get all the penetration. So um, that's kind of in a nutshell all the uh, all the broadheads. Um, You can play around with them if you'd like to. In sight your bowing, you can use the you know the 125 grain barrel. You put the one hundred grade uh, hundred grain blades in or it can use the uh, you know, the the hundred grain barrel and put the one twenty five blades in. So it just kinda of depends on what you want to do and what you're after. But um you know, we always tell people to you know to index them for those of you that draw deep into your shelf. And the one of the view uh, you know, the things that are Awesome about this broadhead. The beauty of it is, as you're drawing it back, if it does happen to contact your your shelf and one of the blades rocks forward and and sticks straight, that broadhead in flight builds up that air pressure on the front of that broadhead so fast that that blade flops back over and and in flight it doesn't even have a chance to deviate. So you can shoot that ramcat with two blades forward, one blade forward, all three blades forward. As soon as it leaves, get those those blades with the uh, left-handed threaded screws will, will come right back into their original position, and uh, the broadhead will
1: continue on its, uh, on its straight trajectory. That's pretty incredible. I mean, um, like I said, when, when you shoot these things, um, you know, you realize that, you know, these, these broadheads do shoot field point accurate. And one of the things maybe just to explain a little bit is, you know, on the original Ramcat broadhead itself, I guess what differentiates that from being a mechanical... Um, versus a fixed blade head. Now the the blades do, um, like you said, they're they're actual sharpened both on the front and the rear, so they cut going in and they cut going out. But the blades do move and they do actually fold up. So is that what makes them basically um, considered an expandable in some states?
0: Correct, because like your you know your Idaho's and your organs, you know like states like that, they uh, you know they look at it as uh, as a, as a uh, mechanical. Um, because the blades actually have the ability to move, you know. Oregon doesn't like the fact on the hundred grain that the blades are overshaft so that the blades do not do not sit or come. You know, they, they basically they come back past the ferrule ninety degrees, um, and that ninety degree mark straight out from the from the insert from the end of the insert where the where the broadhead actually makes contact and keeps itself. That's supposed to be ninety degrees, a ninety degree wedge. Up against your arrow and the uh, insert, so some states consider it a mechanical, even though this Ramcat doesn't have any deploying for the originals. Obviously, the brand new Savage does because it's a true mechanical. Um, so, yeah, the blades do rock forward. The beauty about this thing, if you do want to shoot it into into a target, is the blades rock forward and they pull out easier. So basically, um, I don't. I've never heard of anybody saying that you know, a a fixed blade broadhead pulled out easier than a field point. And, you know, in a normal target, I know some of these, like the Reinhardt, you know, the target, you know, the mass squeezes so hard on the field point, it kind of makes it tough. But um, these broadheads, when you pull them out of a target, I mean, they just like, like butter, they come right out and they don't chew your target up. But the downside is on, on either the original or the single bevel grind that have the rotating blades, you can only do that so many times before the little set screws that are down there that lock the blade back, um, before those loosen up so much that, the, that you'll actually lose blades. So I always tell people, this broadhead was not designed to shoot in targets. This broadhead was designed to kill animals. Your field points were meant to be shot in the targets. You practice with your field points. You don't even touch a cap until you get ready to go hunting. You screw them
1: on and go. Yeah, and I think it's it's important that you know a lot of times you don't want to shoot you know, your actual broadheads, because unless you have replacement blades, you're going to start doling the blades down and they're not going to be as effective. But it is, and I would recommend it if, if someone does buy a packet of these and, and wants to test them out, do shoot a couple side by side with your field points just to just to basically validate in your mind that these things do shoot field point accurate. Because, you know, they state that when you go online, they 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 stress that point. But I think to, to to prove a point in someone's mind, they need to actually do it uh, in order to actually feel comfortable shooting these, uh, and you know, feel like they do, uh, they will fly consistent to what they practice with every day.
0: Yeah, especially for you know, for people that are used to, um, you, you know, used to moving their sights for you know, fixed blades, um, and you know, there's, there, yeah, there are some on the market that fly better than others out the distance, um, but kind of going back and referencing, uh, you know, my buddy Matt Smith. Um, he said on average, these, not only do these outfly every fixed blade without a close second, they also group tighter by an inch and a half in grouping than any, any of the top mechanicals he's ever shot. So, um, going back to, you know, the flight, flight characteristics of this, if that head is pocketing wind over the blades during flight, you basically, if you were to grab the broadhead, pinch all three blades in your hand, and then look at the broadhead. And it's a hard concept to grasp for guys that look at this product because they think there's no way it's going to fly because the blades are so big. You take the blade out of the equation during flight, all you're your shooting out the distance is a concave scoop, solid barrel. That's all you're shooting. You're basically shooting a sharpened field point out the distance, and that's why these things are so accurate.
1: Yeah, and you you even talked about, I mean, at some point, the the design of this system could almost lend itself to being like one of the first you know, bladeless broadheads just based on the scoop and the ferrule and the tip that this thing has. That's really what does you know ninety plus percent of the damage. You know, the blades are just an added feature in there to you know help cut and tear and do what they do. But um, you know, from the sounds of the technology, how this thing works, you could essentially weight the ferrule appropriately to a hundred grains and basically shoot a bladeless broadhead. Yeah, oh, yeah,
0: yeah. If I could, uh, yeah, if I could shoot, if I could shoot this uh, broadhead um, at a hundred grains without the blades, I guarantee it'll still out penetrate and do more damage than almost every other broadhead in the market. So now you take that feral that does that much damage and you're going to add razor sharp scalpel blades to it. You get the best of both worlds. And, uh, this has been proven, um, uh, down in, uh, yeah, I think it's deep, deep safaris in South Africa. Um, they put this head, uh, you know, shooting it side by side, uh, against animals, uh, you know, same distance type deal with, uh, you know, up against some rifle rounds, and it will put it will produce more blood loss and do more trauma and more damage than most rifle rounds will do at the same distance. Uh, hopefully, my buddy Paul Sapiro, um, the guy I referenced earlier that uh took one of those and had his buddy shoot that beefalo. Um, I hope he gets a chance to listen to this because this one's for him. We have an ongoing uh running, uh, you know, running joke that says we'll look at each other. When people, you know, at shows or whatever will ask us about, you know, the Ramcat, and we look at each other and literally tell each other, and it's a running joke, like I said, it's, um, you know, I'd rather get shot with a rifle. We look at each other and tell each other that, and people are looking at me like, are you kidding me? You'd rather get shot with a gun? Literally, this broadhead does what a rifle round does with percussion on the front of that tip, but it also does what your traditional broadheads do by cutting and hemorrhaging. So you would literally have, with this broadhead, you have the best of both worlds, and it's Kind of, you know, kind of one of the things we want to talk about. is I call it the Ramcat League of yeah, A lot of guys have never heard of it. You, you know, you don't know what you're missing until you try it. And um, I'm so glad and so thankful that I had the opportunity to jump on board and, like I said, watch this thing grow and blossom and succeed into what it is now. Um, I'm absolutely
1: blessed. If somebody was interested in, you know, wanting to purchase, you know, these broadheads, I mean, what, what would you recommend as being – you know, via a reputable dealer or, I mean, can you get them online? Are you going to get the same thing or going online, maybe on eBay? Are you, are you going to get a similar product? Because I know something you've talked about is there's, there is some issues out there with some of the products that try to mock this actual broadhead uh, in the design and the technology
0: yeah so there's uh there are knockoffs there are ramcat knockoffs and most of the feedback we get from people that say oh you know this, this thing man it, it doesn't fly with the you know with the darn but it um man when it hit it tore my animal up but i you know it didn't hit him in the right spot it didn't do this and it didn't do that and then down the road you end up talking to him and they're like, oh, i bought it off an of ebay for 23 dollars 23 dollars for six of them and um you know, you get to looking at them first off, when you look at the RamCat body, it'll have those, uh, those, uh, you know, those back that fire knock, eccentric, eccentric technology, um, you know, the O-rings that help the line so well. Um, and you look at that and then you look at some of these, the knockoff RamCat, RamCats online and you realize that they don't have O-rings. Um, the metal is super, super shiny. It looks kind of funny. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't, doesn't look like what a package of RamCats traditionally looks like. Um, that's your first, kind of your first clue. And then the, the pricing, um, in the industry for those that are, that are used to it and kind of some of the terminology, um, there's what, what we call map pricing M as in Mary A as in Adam P as in Paul. Uh, map pricing is minimum advertised pricing. So what that is, is, you know, say a, say a dealer, uh, gets a old ramp and says, dude, I want 48 packs. Okay. Well, here's your map pricing. So basically that's the lowest amount. That you can advertise selling those Broadhead for. Um, so it, it just depends on where it's at now. Like, you know, you can get your big box stores like your Cabela's, your Dick's, stuff like that, Bass shops, where they'll buy in bulk. So they get a little bit better deal and they can play with that a little bit. But when you go, you know, and the beauty of this Broadhead is, so you can pick up a pack of these and there's no close second Broadhead. You pick up another pack of Broadhead that are equivalent in price and literally, just take the one that's not the Ramcat and put it back on the shelf and just shoot the Ramcat. But you should be looking at that price point, you know, in the 35 and up range for a pack of three standard broadheads, whether you shoot the 125s for the, uh, for the 100 originals, um, all the way up to, you know, 41, $42 a pack. That's not unheard of. Um, you know, and once they start dropping below that, you can start seeing some of the, see advertising and no knock on eBay, but that's one of the avenues um, these guys who are doing this knockoff stuff um, that's one of the avenues they use to push these knockoff broadheads and they're doing it for one reason because they realize how popular this broadhead is becoming and how many packs they can sell a day and it's uh, horrible for uh, you know the industry it's horrible for the consumers, especially for those that um, are buying a knockoff product that's not what was advertised.
1: Yeah. And if like, say one of the local pro shops or someone was interested in wanting to maybe start putting some of these on the shelf, I mean, was there, is there a contact that, that they would want to go through or what would be the best way for a, for a shop to, to get these on their, on their shelves?
0: Yeah. So, um, the best step is to obviously the, the Ramcat was sold this, uh, last year and a half to, uh, the, uh, the conglomerate I mentioned earlier, um, Harcus Harcus Hunting owns, owns, uh, Obsession Bows, Kinks, Dead Downwind, Trophy Taker, and now the newly acquired uh, Ramcat to make up their kind of powerhouse. Um, obviously, a lot of those are kind of up and coming. Um, a lot of good feedback on uh, those, all those products across the board. Um, you know, some shows use a lot of, you know, Trophy Taker. Um, Obsession Bows have gotten rave reviews as of late. Um, but uh, now that powerhouse has Ramcat. So as a shock going through that Arcus um, advertising webpage to get a hold of, you know, Ramcat and going, uh, going that route and setting up orders. that uh, you know, that's, there's some other big distributors like Jake's and places like that where you know, uh, Lancaster supply, where people can get stuff squared away too, um, as far as purchasing. But, uh, yeah, just be mindful of that, that map pricing,
1: that 30, 34, 35, 36 price range. That's about it. on the on the low end. Okay. Well, cool. That's a lot of good information. Um, you know, clearly our our intent was to kind of break this broadhead down and and really speak to um, the design. You know, how it's built, what it's made out of. I mean, you talked about the metallurgy of the blades and the and the ferrule, and you know, basically how it flies, what it does, um, what it does upon impact. I mean, I, what we really wanted to do was tell the story uh, around you know, how this broadhead, um, you know, physically works and then also shed, you know, some real life experiences and you've been using them for quite a few years and you've harvested some good animals with them. And, uh, you know, it's interesting as we start to turn more people onto these broadheads, um, they're starting to kind of get the bug and realize, um, you know, there's a lot of science behind it, but I think what they're doing is they're putting them on their arrows they're shooting stuff with them and they're realizing that these things work. And, uh, Um, the science proves itself, you know, basically. And, um, you know, hats off to, you know, Brett and Ramcat. And of course now ARC has taken them over, which is a larger corporation, probably heads Ramcat in a good direction, um, from a marketing standpoint also, will you know, probably help them develop and grow and continue to, you know, build a good product. Quality control is important. Larger companies that have that. So I think there's probably a lot of goods that come out of a, a larger corporation coming in and, uh, you know, taking a company like Ramcat and and continuing to keep them on a good path going forward. So,
0: yeah, and that's uh, that's important. That's important. Kind uh, of you know, piggyback on what you're saying. You know, I I think I sent you and uh, Brad a picture, and it's on that little video we did of the old uh, old logo. And I'm still a huge fan. The new logo is cool, um, but that old logo is just so nostalgic and so uh, so Ramcat. Um, I mean, just the logo itself, the old you know, the cartoon-looking ram head with the sheep horns out of it. Um, You know, and then the logo, you know, it's like a ram cuts like a cat. It, 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 in some sense, that, that, I told Brett, it's kind of cheesy, but it's also, it, I mean, it's putting, literally putting that label onto a broadhead that does exactly that and more, and that's what I absolutely love about it. This new logo was obviously, um, you know, to bring Ramcat in the light, because, I mean, it's time it's time that Ramcat steps forward. And uh, Brett's done it at every single ATA he's ever gone to. He will take uh, whatever. He stopped doing it because people stopped entering their broadheads. He would take um, any, any broadhead at any show. And if anybody wanted to put it up against the Ramcat, he would you know um, take it, screw it on, and shoot it out of a crossbow. And um, there's no comparison. No comparison when you shot them through mass and they were shooting through jail block by itself and then through gel block, plywood jail block. Pilot jail block. Um, you know, and the Ramcat was beating these arrows by six, eight, 12 inches. Um, you know, just not even, not even a close second. And, uh, that's just, like I said, the packaging and stuff just speaks volumes on where it's, where it's been, uh, where this broadhead is going. And what I like is, you know, you pick up the package to me, um, barring some very fine minute changes. The broadhead is still the exact same broadhead that I got from Brett back in 2010, 2011.
1: Yeah, and I think that's neat that they've basically they've they've used the same engineering. They're not, you know, reverse engineering it or trying to change the 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 system itself. They're basically taking it and probably, you know, putting some better engineering to it and probably trying to make it better. And I think that's, you know, as you as you continue to look at competition in the game and look at a lot of the different competitors, they're all, you know, trying to get one step ahead of each other and raise the bar. And I think when you've got a product that has already kind of set the bar. Um, you know, and they continue to continuously improve, um, then what you see is, is that all the other competitors are just trying to keep up when you've got someone else who's essentially leading the charge. So yeah, it's neat. I, I, I really appreciate, um, you know, having you on and just kind of digging into your, you know, your your brain around, um, you know, just the the history of this company, where it came from, where it's gone. And you know where it's going. Uh, you're clearly behind it, and you've you've spent a lot of time with this product. I think it's like anything when you field test something long enough, and, and you prove it. You know, year in and year out, um, you become a believer, and uh, you know you don't have to spend a lot of time preaching to the choir and telling people about it uh, because once people know and there's kind of a community of folks that know, um, you don't, like I say, you don't have to sell it because it sells itself because of the product, the way it is, the way it's designed and the people behind it. So yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for your insight. And, uh, thanks for, uh, of course, calling in, you know, you and I have some plans to, um, you know, continue. We're going to look at doing, uh, potentially a series on first light clothing. So, um, not to let the cat out of the bag, but I think, uh, you know, starting in the next month or month and a half or so, hopefully before your blacktail season starts, uh, you and I are going to hook up uh, and start going through some technical reviews of gear uh, and getting out uh, some information out to our guests and also out to folks out there that, uh, you know, use First Light Apparel. Um, some of our folks on the pro staff group, we're going to probably try to bring them in and try to get some real life experience as well with them, uh, considering all our climates are different that we hunt in. You know, right now I'm specifically in a lot of the wool products because we're dealing with 100 plus degree temperatures. Whereas, you know, in the next few months, uh, you know, folks hunting in Colorado or heading up to Alaska or Northwest Territories, it's a whole different story on the layering systems that they're using. So I look forward to uh, catching up with you again and, uh, you know, recording some more uh, podcasts. and. And continue, and just to kind of share, you know, a, a good common message around, uh, you know, really what Arnie Outdoors is about. It's about DIY outdoors, um, you know, public land uh, type hunting, and and really trying to spread a positive message out there in the industry that what we do is positive, and what we do is around conservation, uh, and, and it's for the the purpose, um, you know, of, of of for good, and it's not something that we're we're trying to do that's. That's not good. We're we're trying to promote a a good message and a good word, and that's what we want to continue to do as we go forward. So, Michael, you have any closing comments or or anything you'd like to share or anything uh, on your end or how folks can maybe get a hold of you if they have a question about this product?
0: Yeah, for sure. Kind of piggybacking off what you said as far as, uh, you know, doing some more gear reviews and stuff like that. um, There's other products uh, during the course of that pig hunt that you and I uh, and Brad had obviously talked about. And uh things that um I believe we should share uh with the public. And um, one of the reasons that uh, like I said, that I I I love the relationship that you and I have built is this uh you know, this common thread that we have and being able to um you know to blast a product. Um and this is this is isn't the first or the last product that I think uh you and I have talked about and I've kind of shed some light on that our industry changers, um, Elk 101. Uh, is uh, pushing some stuff right now. Uh, extendable stabilizer that we're going to try to get get to uh, on one of the next uh, podcasts. Um, that is actually kind of taking the uh, backhunter, go hunting world by storm. Um, this Ramcat uh, was back burner for so long, based just kind of based on uh, mom and pop. Uh, you know, Brett and Chris, the owners of Ramcat, uh, former owners, um, both had uh, day jobs, uh, and we're trying to you know get this thing up and running. Um, but I would say here within the next two years of advertising continues to grow and uh, Ramcat continues to uh, be pushed in that advertising realm, um, this broadhead will be without a doubt the number one broadhead in the world. And I would say probably that's going to happen within the next uh, couple of years. Um, so look forward to seeing this Ramcat on uh, all your hunting shows Um, I've already talked to some big timers that are out in the field that really want this broadhead. They want their shows to pick up this broadhead. So uh, you're going to start seeing all that stuff kind of come to fruition.
1: That's awesome, man. Well, like you say, their mantra or their touche is, uh, you know, hits like a ram and cuts like a cat. So if I could say anything that would sum up the podcast, that's a, that's a pretty good little mantra that they have. So cool, man. Well, anyway, thanks again. Um, We'll keep in touch. You and I, like I said, we're, we talk pretty continuously and uh, yeah, we'll start continuing to just kind of line up some uh, additional podcasts and talk about different gear, different products out there and just to try to keep content out there for folks. Um, so we're just like I said, continuing to try to send a good positive message around what we want to do. So anyway, thanks again, buddy.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Uh, for those of you guys listening, obviously subscribe, uh, get all your friends to subscribe to RNA Outdoors Podcast and support Lucas and, um, you know, what he's got going on. This is an awesome platform and, um, I'm going to help him try to grow this in any way that I can. If any of you are out there, uh, want to get a hold of me, feel free to reach out via email at, uh, Amazon Mary underscore, A as an Adam, N as in Nancy underscore, B as a boy at hotmail.com. Or you can reach me, feel free to text me, um, 916 area code here in California. Uh, 342 three, zero, zero. Um, I'm not much of an Instagrammer. I'm more or less a uh, Facebooker and, um, that's kind of, kind of the meat and potatoes of how to get a hold of me. So feel free to reach out anytime. Uh, if you have shop owners that are interested, uh, ask to pass on some information or you, or the listeners out there get a hold of the sprouthead and, and
1: want to get it in the shops. Um, I'm available. Have them hit me up and I can kind of direct them or answer any questions they have. Sounds good, buddy. Well, I'll put your uh, information in the show notes when we post the podcast here, probably, I'd say, within the next week or so. And uh, that way, if someone's online, they can get your information uh, there as well. So cool, man. Um, thanks again. And uh, we'll just keep in touch, huh? Sounds good, bud. Hey, everyone. This is Lucas Paw, host of the RNA Outdoors podcast. Please check out Podbean and iTunes. If you have an iPhone or iPad, go to the podcast app on your device, search for RNA Outdoors, and hit the purple subscribe button. When doing this, it will automatically upload when new podcasts are loaded, and they will download into your queue. For Android users, you can access the podcast through Podbean, Stitcher, or use our website, www.rnaoutdoors.com forward slash podcast. In addition, under the RNA Outdoors podcast channel, please leave a review and a five-star rating. These reviews help boost our popularity and outreach. You can also follow us on our social media outlets, Twitter at RNA Outdoors, Facebook, RNA Outdoors, and Instagram, Rod and Arrow Outdoors. All links are in the show notes as well.